is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Home Improvement OCs. This is the podcast where a friend and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-insert. Today, our guest is my friend Melissa, back again! Hello! I'm waving to you. I hope the audience can hear that wave. It's a good wave. Um, because parting the kimono a little bit, I had another guest that was slated to be on the episode that you are currently listening to, but there were issues with the audio. Uh, so I will get in touch with you, uh, when I have figured out what the issue with the audio is, Jonathan. Um, but because I only found out about that on Tuesday, (laughs) Melissa was kind enough to pinch it, and we realized it's 364 days after Melissa's first episode came out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, which is also great, because who are we talking about today, Melissa? Oh boy. Last time I was here, I talked about a superhero called Magna Man that was from a big, sprawling superhero story I wrote in college for my creative writing degree. Mm-hmm. And today I'm going to be filling out a couple other parts of that world, mostly centering around another superhero named Parvola. She doesn't have an alter ego, she just uses her own dang name. Okay. Um, before we jump into Parvola, um, hmm. should we do a quick recap of Magna Man and, like, give some context for the story? Yeah, you're gonna need that. So I wrote this in college, uh, for my creative writing capstone, and I spent a couple years after that just quietly, occasionally working on it by myself. I was really into it for a long time, and then... I, when you asked me to come back on this week, I'm like, oh yeah, I have to remember things about that (laughs) character I've not sat down with in too long. Mm -hmm. So this was good. This was a very good, you know, creative exercise for me. Like, hey, get back to that thing you made a whole degree out of. Mm -hmm. Magna Man is um, a superhero in a town called Arch City, this big bustling metropolis. There's superheroes, supervillains all over the place, and it's... Uh, like, entertainment for the people. All the peril people are usually in is, like, kind of fun, lighthearted, campy peril. It's a very cartoonish city. But still, there's real emotion to it, like Magna Man, his real name is Max. His struggle is that he is the son of the mayor, and he was pushed into being a superhero as soon as his metal-controlling powers revealed themselves when he was a kid. And so he never wanted this life. He's exhausted by it. He works so much because he feels guilty not working. Mm -hmm. And I talked about him and I talked about Dr. Parasite, who was the supervillain. Not even a supervillain. He was just a guy in a lab coat that would follow Magna Man around and yell at him. (laughs) Like starting as a villain and then as like a friend and then as like his crush. (laughs) And we talked about the mayor and we also talked about... uh, Justine Jost, the woman who had the ability to replicate herself Mm -hmm. and wasn't just the top town reporter. She was the only reporter. She was the entire news team and she's everywhere Mm -hmm. because there's a million of her. Isn't her catchphrase, Justine Jost, your host with the most? (laughs) Is that it? Yeah, yeah. I'm your host, Justine Jost, is what she says before everything she does anywhere, probably. She just opens the door for you and that's what she says. Good, good. It just occurred to me that your superhero universe is one that I could see being done as a TV show, but, like, produced and directed by Mike Schur, or whoever the guy is who makes, like, The Good Place, and Broken yeah. Nine-Nine, and Parks and Rec. Yes. <laughs> I think it does have that vibe. It's a very... I wanted this to be a, a TV show. That was, like, the format I was writing it in college was mm-hmm. scripts. And I think it would have that vibe. It's, like, very character-driven, it's kind of upbeat and positive and uh, just all about friendship, just people being friends. Mm-hmm. 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 And I think last time I mentioned that Magnaman doesn't have a sidekick, but there is a younger superhero he kind of mentors sometimes, mm-hmm. and that's Parvola. Okay. Parvola Peral is a teenager. She is approximately 15 to 17 years old. Mm-hmm. I never quite nailed that down. So she's Power Rangers age. Power, exactly. Power Rangers age. Mm -hmm. And her power is super strength. Okay. She's super buff and she's super cute. 
Mm-hmm. We have to lead with the visual design here because this is important. You know I'm all about that visual design. <laughs> so lay it out there. She's like five feet tall. She's very short. She's very stocky, muscly, just built. <laughs> I think some somewhere someone is having some sort of awakening. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> she has... Uh, these two big bouncy pigtails with like cute little barrettes in them. She wears really bright, glittery, obnoxious makeup that she's not good at applying. Oh, baby. It's sloppy and it's glittery. And she wears like brightly colored high top sneakers and uh, like cut off jean shorts and tank tops that have like workout slogans on them all the time. Though she may be small, she is but fierce. <laughs> yes. Do you remember the doll maker, like, dress-up game site, Zwinky? Yes, I think so. This was the sort of thing you would see in a lot of, like, banner ads back okay. in the day. Like, Okay, that's... That's very good context. Yeah, like this was something I was in, in into in high school up through college just because it had a, a decent, easy to use, like, dress-up game. <laughs> a dress-up game system, which is what I always use for everything because I don't draw. Yeah. I was not blessed with that ability, but I can click together a dress-up game and I can pick, like, skins and hairs and costumes and all that stuff. And so that's what I would do when I needed to figure out what somebody looked like. I mean, not gonna lie, like, part of what got me, like, hooked in character design is, like, this is just making my own dolls. You yeah. just You just turn off the layers in Photoshop for the different outfits. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I started with to make Parvola, and I don't know if I had that much of an idea besides, like, cute and brightly colored before I went into that site, but they had, like, the perfect shape pigtails, and I could make them bright blue, and I could give her, like... Jesus, rosy complexion to the point of being like a weird bubblegum pink shade. Like the skin tones in that game were a little off sometimes. <laughs> a lot of them were colors that were not real. But, and just like crazy intense makeup. And I could put a little scowl on her face. Mm-hmm. Just, which was perfect. Just like she was supposed to have. Good. Good, so good, she's good. she's hella buff and she's hella egotistical. She's nice. very full of herself because she is the strongest. Even if she is just like a Power Rangers aged teen girl, mm-hmm. she is the strongest person in the city. Very early in her life, she knows that. She's not the smartest. She's not the most experienced. But she's the strongest. And that is what what's going to make her go far. So she gets into being a superhero, not out of any sense of justice, just out of a sense of, I want to beat people up. I'm real strong. I want to win. I want (laughs) to show off. (laughs) Oh, just, just like, just like uh, almost every person under, let's say, 5'2 that I've met, (laughs) she, she, she will, she will fight someone and have no problems with it. That's all she does. She will go out, like, not looking for a fight exactly. Like, she's not going to pick on some innocent bystander. But, like, even the most minor thugs, or thugs that it really looks like somebody else has got. Like, they don't need help. She's still there. Like, I got a free arm. Can I punch anything for you? I'm here. Oh my god, this is iconic. (laughs) (laughs) And this made her into a really interesting foil, I guess, for Magna Man because he does not like what he does. He does it because he has to. And And because he's a good person who likes to help people. Yeah, yeah. Like, he wants to make sure other people are safe, but he also is like, I wish I had, like, a real job. I wish I could relax. I wish I could take a break sometimes, but I can't, like... Vacation days. (laughs) No, he, he doesn't do any of that, and Parvola just lives her own life her own way like if she doesn't feel like going out and punching somebody if she just wants to like go to the mall or like stay home and watch a movie or something like that Mm -hmm. she does it but when she is on the scene she makes a splash and she's just so like big and obnoxious 
and <laughs> reckless. She's very reckless. She's strong, okay. but Magna Man is old enough and wise enough to know that strength isn't always going to get her out of everything. So he's like, hey, ha- hey, kid, you might, you might want to calm down and like really think about when you might be getting in over your head. Like he's kind of watching out for her. And I imagine he also has the mare peering over his shoulder. Like she's reckless, but with a little mm-hmm. guidance, we could really turn her into an asset for protecting the city. Cause oh, the mayor, no. cause the mayor is all about like altruism to a damaging degree. Mm-hmm. She is, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Like, all day, all the time. Mm-hmm. And so to see this person that has tremendous power, that's just sort of throwing it around, she's like, mm, mm-hmm. I'd like to be able to work on you a little bit. <laughs> with with great power comes great resource management. <laughs> yes. So that is what the mayor wants to do and kind of sends Magna Man out there to do. Mm-hmm. But instead of it being like an older, wiser hero mentoring like a young, headstrong potentially foolish hero what it really becomes is parvola is a fully realized human being she has her flaws she has her stuff she doesn't realize but she knows herself she knows what she likes to do what she's good at what she cares about you know what loosely maybe where her boundaries are and what she can't do and she's working on that mm-hmm. she's but a teen she's, she's a fully realized person she has lots of different facets in her life and magna man as she comes to observe has one and so it's this young person who's like hey what if you were also a person like what if you didn't do this all the time because this seems like it's bad for you and mm-hmm. she's like his advocate, like, nope, Magna Man, you are going to take some time off. You're going to sit here with me on the park bench. We're going to eat this hot dog. Look, here, I got us both hot dogs from the cart over there. Don't, mm-hmm. no, don't look at that robbery over there. Don't look at it. Someone Stop. else has it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, like, she'll follow him around to, like, all these crime scenes. And she'll try and, like, take care of it as best as she can so that then he can leave and it's to build up her own image but also like get out of here go home i i like the visual of parvola at some point just like physically restraining magna man and just like doing the fireman sling over the shoulder like nope i'm taking you back to <laughs> i'm taking you i'm taking you to my parents couch <laughs> My mother is going to swaddle you in blankets and feed you homemade food for three days and will and we'll let you get back to superheroics when you're over this cold. She has uh, a single dad. Okay, so when I was originally trying to build up this superhero world, I was thinking about the different kinds of superheroes that there are. Magna Man is like the X-Men type. You know, he has a power that he was born with that developed as he gets older. And Parvola, I was originally thinking, was going to be like the Superman type. Where, like, she's not even human. Mm -hmm. That's why she's so powerful. And that's a very big thing to put on this story. Like, I originally threw, like, everything into the stew pot that I ever wanted to play with. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point where it's like, no, you you cannot have all of those you have to put some of them back maybe having one of your major characters being an alien and having aliens not remotely involved in any other part of the story is a bad idea maybe don't do that one so i've thought about uh having it ambiguous to where she was found one day who knows where she came from like who knows uh you know who her parents are or why she's so powerful or like I was playing around in that dollmaker site and they had such like bright colors for her that I loved, even though I was aware, like you've made her skin an inhuman pink. Like that is like Kirby pink. Nobody looks like that. But I'm like, but I love it anyway. <laughs> because you are Melissa Wilkinson. Bright colors. <laughs> I'm very pink. Not right now in my like clothing and my visage, but like my soul is pink. Yes. So, like, what if it was just this big mystery in her life? She's like, 
Uh, my dad found me. I don't know where I'm from, and I don't care. I'm me. I know me. I love me. Mm-hmm. I can do all kinds of things. He's all the family I'm ever going to need. Mm-hmm. And maybe way back in my head, I have this little worry about, okay, but are there other people out there like me who can do what I do? And, you know, what? what is my real bloodline like? But that's buried all the way back there behind, like, glitter nail polish and, like, good ways to kick people. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that on a shirt just like priorities. <laughs> one. One, glitter nail polish. Two, good ways to kick people. Three, are not even three. Like, 27, mysterious <laughs> past? Question mark, question mark, question mark? Yeah, I liked the idea of somebody that probably had an absolutely Superman backstory to them, but was like, nah, I'm good here. Well, what does that matter? Does that change anything about me? No, I'm still, like, cute and strong, and that's all I need. So she is this super chill dad who, (laughs) this is another one of those things that I'm like, is this too corny? Should I get rid of it? Like, it's been here from the very beginning, and I've become suspicious about things in the story that were there from the very beginning, because I didn't know what I was doing, and I imagine most of them need to be called out by now, but they live on a houseboat. (laughs) Aww. Like, is that too much? Is that too much of a big, weird thing to put in here? But I've never changed it. Because I'm like, I love the houseboat. They live in a houseboat. So he's just like this beach bum guy who found a baby on the shore once. And is like, okay, I have a baby now. Oh, oh, look how strong the baby is. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) But he doesn't do anything about it. He's like, well, I still love her. And, you know, we live in a town where being super strong is not that weird, so I'm sure she'll have a great life. And he's just, like, laying on the couch, like, watching TV when she comes home. She's like, hey, Dad. And he's like, hey, uh, I saw you stopped uh, a fire outside that restaurant. You didn't bring any dinner home for us? I I don't want to cook. I don't want to cook. Can you go back out? Can you get a pizza? Thank you, dear. Uh, uh, the pizza's on me. You can get whatever you want because you stopped that fire. Like, the chillest man compared to Magna Man whose mom is, like, on him all the time. Like, are you being good for the city? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God, I forgot how bad she was. <laughs> She's very, very good for the city. She's not great for her son yeah, as his mom, but boy, she's one heck of a mare. So she comes from a, Parvola comes from a background of like, do what you want, live your life. And to Mm -hmm. see this person who is not living his life, she's like, hold on, that's wrong and bad. Like, that's the most justful cause for her. Like, Mm -hmm. she'll stop, I don't know, a mugger or something, because it's like, kapow, look, I hit him and he's down. Not so much like, well, that woman should have her purse. It's her property. But Magna Man, she looks at, and that's, like, the worst thing to her. Like, no, no, no. You get to have your own life if you want one. I can tell you don't want this. Yeah. Magna Man is her cause in life. <laughs> <laughs> and her, she has her own special enemies. Okay. Now I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> she fights, like, everybody in the town, uh, as I I'm mean, sure you can figure out. Yes. <laughs> literally if she could oh she wants to fight the mayor but she knows that's a bad idea because nobody actually fights fights the mayor Mm -hmm. but she she just does not like the mayor at all she doesn't even know oh that's not just you know the mayor who's in charge of the number one superhero in the city he's the city's golden boy like she can tell that she can't tell like secretly that's that guy's mom like when the mask comes off that's mom she doesn't know that mm-hmm. but she just sees oh, I, don't, I don't like whatever the mayor has over you and she's just super she's a grudge against the mayor and the mayor <laughs> doesn't like this either but what can she do about it they're both in the stalemate they don't like each other mm-hmm. they're co-workers yes yes they're you- like you're, you're superior to me, but I can't do anything about, about that fact. And I can't call out, I can't call you out without getting in trouble myself for it. Yeah, like, she is still just, like, 
a teen. She's like, well, I can't take down the mayor. Maybe when I'm older, I'll take down the mayor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta graduate high school first. Yeah. Parvola's enemies yes. are... Special enemies. <laughs> Their names are... They also, like, don't have alter egos. They're also just plain Jane name people. Their names are Alexander and Audra Morgan, and they are a supervillain couple. They're in their mid forties. <laughs> I just, I just pictured like Audrey as a supervillain for a second. <laughs> oh dang, that ain't bad though. She'd have, I feel like she'd have fun playing a supervillain. <laughs> Absolutely, she would. <laughs> so Alexander and Audra are. Okay, think about Jesse and James from Team Rocket. And... (laughs) (laughs) They were my main inspiration point for this. Think about what they would be like if they were not agents. If they did not do this as a job. If they were just their own freewheeling villains out there. And they're just in their 40s. And they're a little bit smarter, but not that much smarter. And really what they have going for themselves is like a very close bond that makes them a perfect working team and style. And that's who the Morgans are. Good. Like, they're Good. very they're very soft villains. They mostly just steal things. Even if they fail, they're like, well that was fun, wasn't it? Oh my god, I love they're, them. They're villainy as like a lifestyle choice. Like that's like you know, like the people that are like, we're cyclists. Cycling is our life now. <laughs> or so, or like, we're gardeners. We're hikers. Any like older, older quotes, any like mid 40s childless couple hobby. Mm-hmm. They have that, but it's just being super villains and like looking really fabulous and mm-hmm. stealing stuff. I have a very important question for you, Melissa. What is it? Do they do social media about their villain lifestyle? Do they vlog about it? (laughs) They are all over Pinterest. Oh my god. I love that. (laughs) For, like, their Pinteresting homemade traps and, like, net guns and things like that. That's if you can't into. buy acne ink, homemade is fine. <laughs> <laughs> so they're very soft villains. They're not really out to hurt anybody. Uh, they don't win all the time, but they've got a good attitude about things. They're having fun. Mm-hmm. And they are Parvola's villains. They just annoy her. She thinks they're obnoxious. Yeah. (laughs) She's mad at them because they're not really good at what they do. And she knows she's the best at what she does. And Magnaman, who isn't happy. And the mayor, who, you know, is an absolute jerk. At least they're good at what they do. What are you guys doing? Like, you're, you're failing half the time. Well, at least I'm making you fail. Like, she is beating them. Like, she wants to beat them, and she's also annoyed when she beats them. Like, guys, come on! Give me a fight! <laughs> exactly. And they are also, like, so annoyed by her right back, but, like, they think it's fun. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's- oh, look, we've got our own nemesis now! <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I, their nickname for her is Sourheart. Like, they kind of- They have these little terms of endearment for her. She's exactly, she's kind of like their kid, but also their enemy and rival. Oh my god. So like, they're sitcom parents. They're, um, think about like Kim Possible and Draken and Shigo. Kind of. Okay. Do you remember how, like... Kim Possible had Draken and Shiko's, like, mug shots pinned up in her locker at school. That's absolutely what's happening here. Okay, confession time. Hmm. I didn't have cable until I was, like, except for when I was in college. We still don't have cable, so I've I've seen very, very little of Kim Possible. I've seen enough of it to, like, if I had cable when I'd been growing up, I would have been... I would have had everything Kim Possible related because <laughs> she's because she's a girl who's not girly because you know being raised in the mid nineties, um, well, late nineties, early aughts, I guess. But 
like I know I know enough about it that I know like I would have loved this when I was growing up, but I just haven't gotten around to watching it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a real gem. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that Disney streaming service because they better put all the old Disney Channel stuff on there. That's what I really want. I just want to sit oh, down and will. watch all of Kim Possible again. <sighs> they they have to put something on that service to to like go up against literally everything else that's on Netflix and Hulu. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like their own products is the only way they can do that. <laughs> I I will spend so much money a month just to watch all of Kim Possible and Phineas and Ferb because a lot of that DNA is in this story. <laughs> good, 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 good. So Kim Possible aside, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they they find her kind of like a pest, but also she's a pest that keeps them busy, keeps mm-hmm. them entertained. And all of the schemes they have flying back and forth at each other are, like, really petty and spiteful. Like, the Morgans will do something like create alter egos, create disguises, get jobs as new teachers at Parvola's high school just so that they are chaperoning her high school dance. And, like, they're not doing anything. They're not doing anything villainous. They're just making it obvious to her that, hey, it's us. We followed you here. And they're just being obnoxious parents, basically. Oh, my God. Like, they're just, like, dancing with each other and, like, <laughs> playing dumb, like, cheesy old songs over the the DJ equipment. Like, they're just there to embarrass her and annoy her on purpose. And she does the same stuff back at them. Like, I I really love the idea of her buying the exact same suit that Alex has, but better. Okay. In the sense of, like, like better material or just, like, like better tailored or, like... I don't know. But better. But okay. better. Okay. <laughs> I didn't quantify this. But she just wants to show them up and annoy them, and back and forth, that's the relationship that they have to each other. And Barvola's big flaw is that she's incredibly strong physically, mm-hmm. and she has a lot of emotional intelligence to her, too. Like, she can read people pretty well, she gives mm-hmm. advice pretty well, but she kind of like. She doesn't think about that part of herself. Like, she doesn't pay attention to it. She doesn't realize that's probably even her greater strength, that she's a really good friend. She doesn't think about it at all. She doesn't think about the heart of her. So she's building this relationship with these people. She's like, oh, they're my enemies, and I'm here to just make them look like fools and punch them and kick them to the curb. But she doesn't think about, like, they are important role models for you in a kind of weird way. Like, they are helping you grow up. They are helping you get stronger. Mm-hmm. You all really like each other. You're having a positive effect on them. Like, she's kind of, yeah. you know, she has no idea any of that's happening. She's just, like, shaking her fist and growling at him. And she's a teen, so she's it all makes teen. sense. A teen. She's a teen, so, like, she she has great emotional intelligence and she is not aware of it in the yes. slightest and yes. she would never in a million years admit to having it. <laughs> like, right? I think she will give people advice and it's really smart advice, but if somebody's like, hey, Parvola, can you just listen to me talk about a problem? She's like, hold on. What do I hit? That's her struggle. So she doesn't recognize the most important like relationships in her life consciously subconsciously she's got it but she never puts like she doesn't put a lot of stock in like i care about people and that's what makes me the best she's like i'm the strongest and that's what makes me the best mm-hmm. but yeah the the schemes they have back and forth at each other are just like super petty things like that like she knows they're gonna be at some big party she's like i'm gonna show up at that same party wearing the same outfit as them but i'm gonna look better in it mm-hmm. or like Do you remember the one episode of Pokemon that, like, first season Indigo League Pokemon that was James's backstory? Where he used- Yes. Where he used to be a rich kid, and he was so stifled, and he hated it, and he ran away. (laughs) And then, like, his parents die, 
and everybody's there because you know the twerps just wander into you know the mansion grounds of course and team rocket mm-hmm. wanders into the mansion grounds also of course and he's like oh my parents are dead i can if i marry somebody i can get their inheritance but like his parents <laughs> his parents fake their death this is all a big <laughs> ploy to get him to marry his childhood like arranged fiance and he hates oh her and he wants to run away is this familiar to you yes i i i, I do remember the gist of it i have seen this episode so many times this is my favorite episode of pokemon yes that is what really informed my sense of storytelling it's like i want emotional backstories but also absolutely mm-hmm. absurd situations yeah <laughs> That mix of things being absolutely bonkers, but also things being, like, really heartfelt. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. That's where I, I think a lot of this comes from. But anyway, mm-hmm. Pokemon never did enough with that storyline, so I'm like, I kind of want to play with that, yeah. too. And I like the idea of that same thing happening to Alex. He basically has... They are my... <laughs> There's a lot of Jesse and James in them, in them, so I'm like, well, why not take this, too? That's Okay. I like the idea that he had run away from some family fortune, like, I'm going to run off with my girlfriend, and we're going to get married even though you don't like her, and we're going to be supervillains. That's what we're going to go do, mom and dad. I don't want any of your money. I can steal all of that money. Mm-hmm. Me and her together. Yep. And Parvola figures this out about him, and then goes to his family and is like, Hey, I'm mad at him. You're also mad at him. Do you know how mad he would be at me back if I had some of his money? What do I have to do to get some of that Alexander Morgan inheritance diverted to me? Oh she my wants God. to take what was supposed to be his money and just throw it around in his face. She hates both of them, but I always thought it was funnier if she's like, doing something towards Alex. I don't know what that is. Like, her fighting an adult man was funnier than her fighting an adult woman. Like, she's not going to show up wearing the same clothes Audra has. She's going to show up wearing the same clothes Alex has. Hey, you know what? Go for it. Yeah. And she has this best friend. Mm-hmm. I've not gotten to Waverly yet. Waverly yeah. and Parvola have been best friends since they were real little kids. And... Parvola has been strong since she was a real little kid. And Waverly has always absolutely admired her, absolutely looked up to her. As highly as Parvola thinks of herself, Waverly thinks about Parvola that way. Aww. (laughs) And she will just follow her around to all of these antics. And she likes the Morgans. She's like, I think they're kind of sweet. You know, they're so cute with each other and they never do anything that bad. But she will go along with Parvola on these ridiculous, you know, just schemes to just show them up about stuff. Like, they will show up dressed as Alex and Audra to try and piss them off. Oh my god, I love this. <laughs> She's, Waverly is Parvola's, uh, partner in crime, except it's not crime. It's just general pesky teenage girl annoyance of adult figures you don't like. Mm-hmm. Partner in shenanigans. <laughs> Partner in shenanigans. That's them. Waverly is also all on board with keep Magnaman safe and happy. Good. Like the two of them combined are like the mom Magnaman, like never really had. <laughs> good, 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 good. It's just these two teenage girls adopting and taking care of this full grown adult man superhero mm-hmm. who does not take care of himself. Yep. Did they like text him like or like tweeted him like head magnumin, did you brush your teeth today? <laughs> it's not stuff like that. It's not like super mom friend stuff. It's like Do you wanna go to the mall with us? <laughs> Can we give you a makeover, Magnum Man? Do you wanna come to a slumber party? I know it's oh weird, my but my God. dad says it's okay. I would. I. I have to see this now, Melissa. I hope you know that. I have to see this. I hope it could be seen. It was fun making this and like going back to the mm-hmm. stuff I've not like really looked at in over a year. Like, oh yeah, I remember why I used to do this so much. Just 
Mm-hmm. Not real writing. Not very many full actual scripts or like good solid structure work, but piles and piles of notes and like character beats and mm-hmm. weird little plot threads like Alex and Audra crash Parvala and Waverly's high school prom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parvala tries to take a bunch of money from Alex's family that he left. Stuff like that. That was what I spent all my time on. I'm like, that was good time. Yeah. That was time well spent. Mm-hmm. I think maybe part of, like, I also have done that a lot of times. <laughs> and I'm just going to look over at my over at my various folders of character creation sheets and things. Um, I feel like maybe part of the reason why, like, some people, you and I included, just get really invested in, like, the interactions with the characters and, like, the random shenanigans is because, like, that's what, like, when we're consuming, like, other media, other stories, like, that's what we get invested in. Like, even if, like, the general plot of something is kind of lackluster, Mm -hmm. if the characters have good interactions, if they have fun tidbits that you can latch on to and think about and enjoy, like, that's sometimes what's more important than the overarching plot of the story. (laughs) That's all I need. Like, I have a lot... Oftentimes, somebody will try and sell me on, like, a book series or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, I love fantasy books, and they're like, this book has got this really cool magic system and this awesome world building. And they'll start Mm -hmm. talking to me about it, and I'm like, ah, hold on. Who are the characters? Mm -hmm. Because that... I like world building. I like magic systems. I like really crunchy technical stuff like that. But unless I have a character that I'm like, yes, here they come. They're back. (laughs) That's my buddy. Here to save the day. Like, if I don't have that, what am I there for? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Personal experience. Like, when I'm looking to do, uh, when I'm looking to play some kind of game, Mm -hmm. or even, like, the couple of times that I've, like, made a game or helped make a game system, I focus a lot more on, like, I focus a lot less on the crunchy and more so on, like, how can this be used to, like, help build character interactions and develop a story? Exactly. Like, and another reason I think I haven't been writing so much is that I figured out I don't like to do it because I have to be alone when I do it. Like, I want friends. Like, I think growing up as a kid, I'd make up characters and I'd make up stories because I'm like, I feel kind of lonely. <laughs> I'm tired of playing with my brother all the time. <laughs> okay. Girl, same. <laughs> same. What if I made up some people and they played with each other and I watched them in my brain? <laughs> and I called it being a writer, even if I don't put things down on paper. Mm-hmm. So I do it less now that I'm older and like I've figured out that about myself. Like, no, you need social time. And that's why yeah. I like doing tabletop RPGs so much, because it mm-hmm. hits that writerly part of yeah. my brain, but I get to actually interact with other people while I'm mm-hmm. doing it. It's communal narrative building. Yes! I need that community. Mm-hmm. We all do. No one is an island. No. <laughs> and plus, like, I feel like I feel like I've heard this at least like six or seven different times because I've been listening to a lot of podcasts at work. Like, building a narrative on your own is completely fine, but when you're building with other people, it automatically, well, not automatically, it almost always is so much better, so much more well-developed because you're pulling from all these different experiences Mm -hmm. and resources and things. And, oh, God, I need to go write a dissertation about this. (laughs) Let's roleplay right now. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, I have dice around here somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Waverly is Parvala's best friend and Parvala will let her follow her around to like real low stakes superhero hijinks but she Waverly doesn't have any powers Parvala really draws the line at okay this one's actually dangerous not for mm-hmm. me because look at these muscles are you kidding me but like for you a <laughs> civilian I think you need to stay home mm-hmm. and Waverly's like, okay, I'll be here. I'll be watching the news for any updates about you. Go out there. Go be, like, glorious and strong. And Mm -hmm. Waverly loves that side of Parvola, but is also terrified of that side of Parvola. Like, oh, I want her to be this big, glorious, shiny hero, but what if she does get hurt? I wish I could help Mm -hmm. her. And Waverly has this 
desire to become a sidekick somehow, even though she has no sidekick abilities mm-hmm. at all. And I picture just like a cycle of, um, well, I've taken two archery lessons, so I think that means I can follow you out into a fight. <laughs> yep. Marvella's like, no, it doesn't. You need to stay home. Mm-hmm. Like, just watch me on the news with your parents. It'll be fine. I'll come back when I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'll hit you first before I go back to my own house. I'll come visit you. Mm-hmm. I'll prove to you I'm safe. Waverly's like, well, okay, so that's out. What else can I do? <laughs> like, she just goes down yep. list of everything she could potentially do to, like, help Parvola and keep her safe. And Parvola's like, no, you're... you're everything's less safe when you're here. I feel bad telling you this because you're my best friend and I know there is some stuff I'd let you do, but don't do this one. Mm-hmm. And that's their conflict with each other, is yeah. this battle between, I want to do everything I can to protect you. Why won't you let me protect you? Going the other way also, like sometimes Waverly will be like, that. you shouldn't, I don't think you should go into that battle like, you're the strongest there is, but, like, there's other skills out there. Maybe you don't, maybe your strength isn't going to fix this one. Maybe you should just stay here. And Parvala's like, no, no, no. I got this. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. That's good. I Part of me wants to know, like, okay, but, like, what happens? Like, 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 are, like, are they okay? <laughs> they are okay. I... This was something, like, last time I was seriously working on the story, I was still trying to figure out. And I think what I landed on was I best like the idea of Waverly becoming the one person in the news team who isn't Justine Jost. Oh, I love that. Like, she's, like, the one cub reporter on staff, and that's because, you know, this is a city where being a superhero or a supervillain is, like, a game of image. It's Mm -hmm. about being out there and being seen and having a reputation. And so nobody, like, goes after Justine Jost. Mm -hmm. If she's there with a camera, like, nobody's going to take her hostage or anything like that because they recognize what a resource she is. And so Waverly may also have that Mm -hmm. kind of safety bubble around her, but she's not the powerhouse that Justine Jost is. So is she still in some kind of danger? Who can say? I, I, I could say, but I haven't yet. I yeah. Gotta, I gotta make that happen. Mm-hmm. Also, before I get, and because I know that if we don't address this on air, people will ask about it. Are they entirely platonic? <laughs> <laughs> this is another big conflict between them. Waverly absolutely has a legit crush on Parvola, but she's so, like, that's been her entire life is looking up to her. So she has a crush on her, but, like, does not really realize it herself. Mm -hmm. And it clicks for Parvola first. Like, oh, I think she likes me, likes me. What do I do about this? Because I do not like her back like that. She's my Mm -hmm. best friend. I love her more than anything. Mm -hmm. I am not in love with her. I could not be in love with her. Okay. And, like, how do I play that? Like, do I tell her? Do I wait for her to, like have her light bulb moment and figure this out for herself and then try and let her down. I think this is the one thing that she asks other people for help with. She's so headstrong, but this puzzle she cannot solve. And this is, she will turn to Magda man like, okay, now I really want your help with something. And he's like, I don't know what to do. I've, (laughs) (laughs) I don't date. I'm a superhero. (laughs) I have a villain who likes me and I like him back and we're not together and you have somebody who likes you and you don't like them back and so you can't be like they're not helpful to each other at all in this scenario and they're like "Ah, thanks for being a confidant I guess yeah oh god I love that they're just like I don't don't (laughs) (laughs) they're like oh love is hard let's go hit something Yep. Let's go crack some skulls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although now I'm wondering, like, what's the state of, like, therapy and counseling in Arch City? Mm. I did consider a plotline 
that I'm like, is this too serious for the rest of what's going on? Where, like, the mayor would institute, like, these new health regulations for, you know, city employees. Like, everybody's going to get more checkups, and this includes a lot of mental health care as well. And then somebody points out to her, like, you know, you also have a mandated therapy session because you also count as a government employee. Like, no, this applies to you too. You aren't exempt from this. You have to go. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I will be a good example for others and I will go to this. And whoever she's seeing is like, do you maybe want to relax a little bit? Do you maybe want to encourage your son? And they don't know the son is also the supervillain. They think the son is just the... They don't know the son is also the city's top superhero. Mm -hmm. They just think the son is this weirdly omnipresent vague assistant to the mayor mm-hmm. like y- you should all relax and she's like <laughs> relaxing doesn't keep the city safe oh boy oh boy she eventually she would have the mirror turned back on herself like no ma'am you're not really being helpful here this is a thesis of the entire show is you're trying your best, but you're, you're doing what you think is helpful, and there's virtue in that, but it's not really helpful to anybody else. Mm-hmm. And you need to listen to what somebody is telling you for once. Mm-hmm. God, this is so good. So I'm just gonna... <laughs> looking, looking, at, looking at the time, we are coming into ideally around the end, but mm. I'm, but before I forget, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Six seasons in a movie. <laughs> Let's get Melissa's superhero team out there, y'all. Six seasons and a movie. I I do want to go back and revisit this thing, because there's just so much, like, fat to trim off of it. I was throwing, like you said, everything on there. I wanted every topping in the Sunday bar, and now I'm like, Mm -hmm. why don't you just go for, like, some nice hot fudge and cherries? Just keep it simple. Like, there is a whole (laughs) storyline. Oh, boy. There's a whole storyline with the Morgans that had been there, like, from day one. Oh, my God. Oh, I didn't talk about the clone. I didn't talk about the clone. Well, at least this is still a good superhero thing. Clones getting revealed at the last minute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just pulling a Batman beyond on you. (laughs) Okay, so what's the clone? This was, like, the kickoff point for the entire series. I liked, like, superhero, supervillain stuff in college. And this thing, this entire story didn't, like, coalesce until I was in some bio-gen ed class. And my professor was saying, (laughs) it wasn't a fun class, but it got me this. The professor was saying, you know, it's impossible to make a fully grown adult clone like you see in a movie. If you, you could clone someone, theoretically, but you would just make a baby. And I love the idea of, like, villains trying to make an evil clone of their hero and instead they just make a baby version of the hero that then they have to raise i can't believe it took me this long to get to this because this is what kicked off everything i love this six seasons in a movie (laughs) yeah they try the morgans try and make an evil clone of parvola and they're not scientists they hire like a grad student to try and help them (laughs) A grad student who's, like, the child of some people they used to, like, do a little hench work with. So they kind of owe that family a favor. Like, okay, we'll throw your son a couple hundred bucks if he can help us make this evil clone. And it comes out just this innocent, like, you know, brightly colored little baby. And he's like, well, look, you got something out of this, okay? Can I have my couple hundred dollars and my letter of recommendation, please? Uh Uh-huh. Yep, just like a real, just like a real grad student. <laughs> Hello, I'm here. I'm tired. Please give me money and let me yes. sleep. Yes, that guy was. Oh man, he's that's a he's a whole character. He's not just a there and gone guy. I have plans for the grad student. Good, good. Should, should I have the room to include him? But yeah, originally they were going to, like, hide the baby from Parvola, and that was going to be, like, uh, the season one finale was, like, <gasps> they've had an evil clone, not an evil, a failed innocent baby clone of her the whole time. And then I thought, no, I think what they would really do would they would screw this up and they'd say, okay, 
Uh, we messed up. We have to come clean with this. Our plan is out the window. The best thing to do is to tell Parvola and ask her, Hey, what do you want to do? And Parvola would be like, Oh my god, you guys messed up that bad? That's hilarious! <laughs> Are you asking me if I want the baby? No, I don't want the baby. What am I going to do with a baby? She's yours. Have fun. <laughs> oh my god. And then that adds another level to her relationship with the Morgans. They become even more of like these odd pseudo parents to her. And she's even more of the pseudo child to them. Do they have to ask her or like her dad for like, how do you raise superpower baby? (laughs) (laughs) Help, she broke out of her crib again. (laughs) The original draft of the pilot script I ever tried to write for one of my college writing classes when they were still keeping it a secret, they were sneaking into Parvola's houseboat at night to just get info on her. Like, okay, we got any medical records on here that we can look at so we know what's in store for this baby we now suddenly have? <laughs> and, like, they like they find her address and they get there and they don't know that it's a houseboat, so they're not prepared for that. Oh, <laughs> my God. It to be a regular house. I think that's where the houseboat thing came from, because I'm like... What more obstacles can I throw into this script? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just never mm-hmm. got rid of the houseboat. <laughs> good. Good, 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 good. And that added more drama to their lives because I originally had a storyline where they had a baby when they were very young and another supervillain like kidnapped it. And they were never able to figure out, like, which supervillain rival it was and where she went. Is she dead? Is she alive? Is she ever coming back? And that was a big part of the story for a long time. Oh, boy. And after I spent a lot of time just, like, away from the story, just doing other things, I came back and I'm like, I think that's too sad. That's so much sadder than everything else that's going on. Like, Magnaman's a sad character, but he's not a tragic character like this thing was I'm like okay i might take that whole thing out because like i don't know i think like college age me was like yes yes the drama here i am maniacally rubbing my hands together i'm gonna put drama into this <laughs> and now that i'm older i'm like oh, i don't, I don't want to put him through all of that <laughs> this was supposed to be fun for me yeah. Like, I'm taking a look at the things that I put in originally because I'm like, yes, this is good character conflict. This is good, you know, plot driving. Yes. And now I'm like, I never had fun with that. That just made me upset. That was sad for me, the writer. I didn't have fun with that. Why do I need to keep it? I'm just going to keep waving, waving the French <laughs> at hand. So going back and looking at this story after a long time for this podcast was a very good exercise. I'm like, oh, I'm reading through like all these old notes and there's characters I forgot were there. And I'm like, if I forgot you were there, you might have not been that important to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I just gotta pick everything up and like, do you spark joy in me? No. I'm gonna fold you up and I'm gonna put you in a box. I don't need to keep you. Put you in with draft one and then we work on draft two. <laughs> yep. Well, on the note of uh, Marie Kondo in your story, <laughs> Marie Kondo, your narrative. Mm-hmm. Hey, people, if you're going to be out there building a role-playing game, take a look at it. Take a deep, hard look at it and ask yourself, does this spark joy? Yes. And if not, then rewrite it. <laughs> hey, TV. Hey, books. <laughs> hey, video games. Does it, does it spark joy? And I can sometimes be the kind of person that's like what a disaster it is to watch slash read this story but when i'm doing it myself i'm like i i can be that reader i can be that audience but i cannot be that storyteller like i cannot make myself go as dark as some other stories that i i can still enjoy no, I made this whole thing to be fun. That was the whole point of it. Just fun, like, good. superhero, supervillain, just brightly colored nonsense. Good, 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 good. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, in that case, well, since it sounds like we're kind of at a stopping point. Yeah. Uh, your final question, why do you love Parvola so much? <sighs> Alex, I'm still like Parvola and, like, the general universe. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I, the Morgans and everything. Yeah, because I, we covered a lot of ground in this video. In this, <laughs> not this video, this podcast. God, it's late. <laughs> I say at 8.20 p.m. Central Time. <laughs> what I love about her is that she's so authentic and so sincere and she has more of that ahead of herself. Like, her biggest flaw is that she doesn't value her emotional intelligence, her emotional strength as much as her, like, physical strength. But when she gets to that point, like, she's just going to become an even more fleshed out person, even more sincere, even more in touch with who she is. Like, Aww. once she gets past that, when she figures it out, it's only going to enhance everything she already is. And I, I like that journey for her. It is a definite, like, self-betterment journey. I Good. didn't build in any giant screw-ups into her plot line for me to have to sift through. And she's just... Oh, she's she's fun. There's a lot that she can do. There's a lot of conflict you can bring from her. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, she's always proud of herself and on her way to being an even better person. Good. <laughs> good, 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 good. In that case, uh, thank you so, so much, Melissa, sure. for coming on. Uh, I had a great time, and it is always nice to have you on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. You are welcome. Uh, now, where on the internet would you like to be found? I can be found lots of places. I'm on Twitter at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. I am a cast member on some RPG campaigns and one-shots on the Lost Library feed. If you like superhero stories, I'm in a superhero RPG called Fifth Watch. Mm-hmm. I play uh, a character named Mitch Carver, who is a teenager with techno, like technology-controlling powers, and he's a spoiled brat whose dad is a famous henchman and he's super rich and he just loves his suits and bragging about his dad. And I also have a pop culture review show. The network is called The Whatnots, spelled like astronauts. And mm-hmm. our show is called The Review Show. And every week it's like a book club format and we cover a TV show, movie, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, podcast, all kinds of things. It's really fun. We do a big variety of stuff. And then we have a little side show that's just our chat show, just us talking to each other as ourselves, not about anything specific. And that is called The Captain's Log. That's also Aww. a weekly show. Good. Mm-hmm. I-, I need to listen to that. <laughs> I will Thank put you. it on my list. Thank you. Oh, that is a podcast. It is also uh, on YouTube. If you're oh, a, neat. Yeah, if you're a YouTube person, if you want to actually, we live stream it and we capture it. So if you want to watch me and my co-host talk to each other with actual video feeds and everything, you can check out the YouTube page. Cool. Home for Your Widow Seeds is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And also Pippa, because right now it is... Uh, being done through Pippa. Uh, our theme song is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. And you can also email us at WaywardOCPod at gmail.com. Uh, and I do have a good backlog of guests built up, uh, but if you or someone you know might be interested in being on the show, uh, drop us a line and I can get you set up on the schedule. And of course, as with all podcasts, if you enjoy this show and you like listening to it, it's always extremely helpful if you subscribe to us and leave us ideally a five-star review on your listening platform of choice, uh, because that helps us to find more guests and to brighten more people's days. Uh, so thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Widow Seas, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. counting i'll just keep counting back at you <laughs> like my inner child brain like sesame street instincts take yes. off and it's like yes. well i know what the next number is so nothing's here to stop me mm-hmm. <laughs> tune in for our podcast where we just become a random numbers radio channel <laughs> one seven 
24. 57. The weather today is cloudy. You can hear the wink in there to my fellow spies. You know what cloudy means. <laughs> this isn't ours paradoxical. 